Love Talk Radio.
director of Justice Property Center and Policy, Center. Policy Center Research Organization. Urban Jesus, man, why do you have to have twenty-four letter, twenty-four words in a in in the name of a of a thing? Being a director of, and uh, <laughs> you know, that's why they use uh, letters. Uh, crime cluster not just within major metropolitan areas, but even within cities. For this reason, Levine noted, it is very difficult to draw conclusions for statewide trends alone. Well, I was hoping they'd have a graph here, but it doesn't look like they do. Oh, for crap. There's 11 pages to this thing. Yeah. I was hoping that they had a... 50. Vermont is the 50. Okay. It's a 50th state ah. in crime, so... Is number 50. So where's everybody else? Oh, Maine, Maine is number is 49. 49. Ah. See, I guess where it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it's Virginia 50. is 48. That surprised me. 47 for New Hampshire. Idaho is 46. And let's see. I wonder where Connecticut is. Oh, we're probably high. See, it says. Connecticut. Oh, we're number 45. 45. Hey, we did something, right? Huh? Violent crimes are 218 per 100,000. Population 35 million. No, 90, no 000, 3 million. I'm sorry, 3,590,886. Second lowest. Two, yeah, 117 murders uh, in 2015. 19th fewest. Poverty rate 10%, 10.5%. Six lowest. Huh. Oh, wow. Six lowest and 10% poverty. That's amazing. Uh, anyway, um, Kentucky is number 44. Wyoming is 43. Utah is 42. I thought Massachusetts would be up in the... They're probably in the... They're probably coming next. No, we got big cities, you know that. North Dakota, 41. Uh, is that Rhode Island, Rhode 40? Island, 40. Uh, where better than Rhode Island? That That's surprised nice. me. They got a million people there, a, million, a little over a million people in Rhode Island. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Number 39, Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. And number 38, New Jersey. New Jersey got almost 9 million people. And 37 is Oregon. You have 4 million people. Hmm. Nebraska got a million, almost 2 million people. And they're number 36. Oh, not bad, I guess. We're, I, I'm pretty happy we're at 45. That's not such a bad idea. No. Wow, look at this. Mississippi had 22% poverty rate. And um, 3 million total population. Uh, it's pretty bad, huh? Washington? Yeah, Washington uh, State. It's, um, 7 million people there. And they're number 34. Iowa is number 33. They got three million people there. Ohio was number thirty-two, and they've got eleven, almost eleven and a half million people there. It's amazing, huh? And Hawaii, they're number thirty-one. Look at that. Let's go all the way to the end and see what they got here. Louisiana, number five. They get almost four and above over four and a half million people. Poverty rate nineteen point six percent. Tennessee, um number four. Yeah, six point six million people. And let's see, number three is New Mexico. Wow. They've got uh two million people. Um Poverty rate of 20%. Wow. A lot of violent crime, though. There's 656 crimes per 100,000. And then you got Nevada, which is almost 700 uh, violent crimes 
population of about 3 million, and they're number two in the highest crime. Uh, Did you mention that? Wow. Nevada. And then then Alaska is number one. Holy crap, almighty. They didn't say where California or, uh, they must have been somewhere in there. But uh, imagine that. Alaska's got the highest crime rate in the country. Wow. In the the state, of any state. That's amazing. Little did you know... So, anyway, now this one, this is kind of funny because um, I have Lila read it since she's, she's a woman and she is a, a, a uh, what would you say, uh, an activist woman, but she didn't wear white yesterday. Well, I don't agree with their gender. Women, men, genders, and race have human rights. I do not understand solidarity with these women posing against compassion for the American people. This is from Casa uh, Mastre, which is a, she's a Facebook friend. Mm-hmm. But let's go to that and look at all these funny people there. All these funny people in wool in wool jackets. Want to read it? Yeah. Uh, Democrats uh, tried to troll President Trump during his joint address, but the stunt backfired bigly. That's a new word. Democrat congresswomen wore white to show their commitment to protecting women's rights. Uh, white was the color worn by the suffragette movement that fought for women's rights to vote. Before the speech, House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi promised that the Democrats' cheap stunt to embarrass Trump will be very dignified, which presumably meant they didn't plan to wear vagina hats or tampon earrings. <laughs> oh, my God. Trump thoroughly humiliates Dems by letting them humiliate themselves. Vindication at last. But the all-white fashion statement morphed into a hilarious meme that mocked Democrats as white supremacist KKK members. See that? Somebody, they, they photoshopped it all. Oh, they put pointy hats they put, on. They put, they put them all in white, in white hats. White, oh, yeah. Uh, white, uh, Pointy hats. Yeah, pointy hats with a Ku Klux Klan. Something weird about the Dems tonight. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> but um, let's see. Oh, this is too much. Twitter users uh, said since the Democratic Party started the KKK, it's only fitting that they went back to their roots. <laughs> Jeez. They got they got a picture of all the women in white and all the all the KKK in their hoods. Yeah, it's pretty real. But <laughs> oh, there's something gays for Trump. Uh, Democrats love wearing white. It's three piece itself. While Lips spent the afternoon uh, coordinating their outfits, President Trump signed two laws promoting women's careers in STEM: science, technology, engineering, and math. Did you hear that? Uh-huh. That's pretty pretty good, huh? Yep. He's putting money toward that. Conservative commentator Dana Loesch chided obstructionist Dems to behold the true face of strength. Karen Owens, the widow of slain Navy, Navy SEAL uh, Ryan Owens. And uh, so anyway, but that's kind of interesting. Um, anything else? You want to you wanna read anything more? There's not much more there. No. Okay. So uh-uh. just thought we'd give you a, a heads up on that one. And what else we got here? Remember Jimmy Walter? Yep. Yeah. Well, he's an old great guy. Well, he became a Facebook friend recently. He he got on Facebook. Finally, he broke down. <laughs> hey. Yeah. What did he have to say? What did he have? You know, I think he's well, great. That's all right. He got a lot to say. Um, but anyway, uh, Great Lakes Group urges residents to oppose nuclear waste dump on Lake. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, you know, um, we try to keep you updated on this stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's just everywhere. This nuclear crap is everywhere. And Fukushima now has ruined, has irradiated over a third of the world's oceans, a third of the world's mm. oceans, and it's ongoing. They can't stop it, and it's just destroying our oceans. 
Uh, and of course, it's going to destroy the world if they don't stop it. The Great Lakes Environmental Alliance is urging residents to oppose a nuclear waste dump uh, proposed to the shores of Lake Huron in Kincaid, Ontario, Canada, about 110 miles up the lake from Port Huron. Um, the Canadian Environmental Assessment Agency is seeking public responses. Additional information submitted by Ontario Power Generation um, in support of its bid to excavate a 2,230-foot-deep repository for low and intermediate uh, nuclear waste about a half a mile from the lake. Um, they tried to do this at the Yucca Mountain, and uh, they, 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 they had to stop it because it was right over the aquifers for, for, the, for the entire state of Nevada, for crying out loud. And uh, they're, gonna, they're trying to do this in Canada now where it's so close to Lake Huron and they want to bury all this stuff. It's just like, you know, it's just terrible. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a mess. So then nuclear power, totally. Oh, this is going to, this is really interesting here. Uh, Jerry Brown is going to raise the taxes by 42% uh, over on, on gas tax just to afford, um, to, 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 to be able to afford his, his uh, budget mm -hmm. this year. Now, if he got rid of... Uh, you know, three or four million um, illegal aliens in a sanctuary state and cities there, you'd probably have a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. But, right. you know, faced with the failure of the state's part to pay out pensions to public servants, uh, Governor Jerry Brown opted to raise taxes. The target this time are gas and vehicle registration, which are expected to go up by 42% and 141% respectively. This comes after nine years of taxes going up by 50% in the states. It is clear that this will do nothing but upset Californians even more as they are penalized for Sacramento's inability to get their crap together. Democrat governors have been regularly spiking gas taxes and vehicle registration fees for decades, but 12 years ago, Democrat Governor Gray Davis was recalled by voters after he uh, pushed the state uh, legislature to pass a vehicle registration fee increase from 46 to $158. Oh, wow. Christ. That's, that's double what we, what we pay here. Um, and Republican Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, destroyed his popularity by pushing through the Proposition 1A high-speed rail initiative in 2008 that uh, added about 11 cents a gallon to the price of gasoline for a project now referred to as Bloomberg's News as a fiasco. Well, Governor Brown's willingness to try raising gasoline taxes by 17 cents a gallon and on vehicle registration fees by $65 is a sign of the insolvency risk for the exploding um, cost of California public employees' retirement system um, and public pensions. And Brown's uh, draft 217-18 budget already includes a $524 million increase for public pension contributions, and that amount that amounts to an 11% increase over its year for a $5.3 billion cost. Holy smokes! Holy cow! Unbelievable, it's, it's, huh? It's, yeah, it's just like, it's just, and you know, California is a freaking nightmare. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, North Dakota pipeline tonight because uh, what happened was is North Dakota pipeline was forced to be shut down after leaking. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. After leaking the Mississippi River, just like Standing Rock protesters warned the indigenous American reports. And uh, see, this is the problem, and this is what I'm I'm so against what Trump did by allowing that. By pushing through this thing without without the environmental safeguards, um, you know it's really it's really ridiculous. But North Dakota pipeline was forced to be shut down after this. Another this is another one. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, because it was leaking into the Mississippi River. All right. Oh, well, what the hell? I mean, the Mississippi River is is like goes right from you know all the way down to the New Orleans for kind of a lot. You want to you want to dump oil into that? 
This is why water protectors continue to protest the Dakota Access Pipeline despite freezing temperatures and winter storms. In case you dismissed it, uh, water protectors uh, have been camped out near Cannonball, North Dakota, since April in, uh, in protest of the four-state Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, uh, DAPL. The pipeline uh, threatens to uproot burial grounds and um, well as contaminate the Missouri River. It's because of this that activists have put their lives on the line. In recent months, protesters of the DAPL have been amazed, tased, shot, and rubber-bulleted, beaten and bat with batons, and even hosed down in freezing temperatures with water cans. Now, even when it's below zero uh, F, uh, f um, now, even though it's below zero Fahrenheit, and snowstorms threaten to uh, take uh, lives, protesters, along with thousands of veterans, remain on the plains to prevent um, uh, energy transfer partners from uh, continuing the pipeline construction. This is even now. Now, I know this is, yeah, this was February uh, 8th, 28th, yeah, which was uh, yesterday. Hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really crap. I mean, it's really crap. Um, the company might claim that the pipeline is the safest yet, but there is no 100% guarantee it will not burst. And this especially rings true now that another pipeline recently leaked just 200 miles west of Dapple's building site. And KTVQ News report that on Thursday, a six-inch line operated by, um, Belfort Pipeline leaked into a river northwest of Bayfield in Billings County. By the time it was shut down, oil had traveled about two and a half miles down the river, according to spill investigator uh, program Bill. Uh, so, um, yeah. So anyway, don't give up, guys. I know, just don't give up. Where it is. And how you doing? All right. Well, anyway, everyone has this plant, but nobody knows that it makes cancer cells disintegrate within 48 hours. That's all that broadleaf you have in your yard. Mm -hmm. You know, that stuff cures cancer. Did you know that, Lila? Nope. Is that amazing? Well, yeah. I hope it's true. Back in 2009, a group of Canadian researchers from the University of Windsor in Ontario started looking at an abundant, an abundant weed as a cure for cancer. All, that all started when the oncologist came across something quite interesting with some cancer patients. Believe it or not, the plant we are talking about is the common dandelion. <laughs> what do you think of that? A postdoctoral fellow of the University of Windsor named Pamela, whatever, uh, Obadiji, has done an extensive work on the topic. Uh, she dealt with the anti-cancer properties of dandelions. That's freaking amazing. So it turns out that dandelions disintegrate cancers, cancer cells. Dandelion root extract was approved for human trials in February 2015. Now it is in phase one trials uh, to end stage blood-related cancers such as leukemia and lymphoma. And according to Dr. Uh, Sayaman Pandey, professor of chemistry and biochemistry at the University of Windsor, the principal research investigator for the project, dandelion root extract is quite a good potential to cause a death of cancer cells. Wow, okay. Yeah. This extract causes uh, cells, cancer cells to go through uh, apoptosis, apoptosis, a natural cell process where a cell activates an intercellular death program uh, because it isn't needed anymore. In brief, dandelion root causes uh, extract causes a cancer cell to commit suicide without affecting the healthy ones. Uh, two cells perform autonomously. Uh, up top, uh, two cells perform apoptosis, which is far better than chemotherapy drugs which kill one healthy cell for every five to ten cancer cells, the dandelion extract. It is important to mention that the concentration of this extract is much higher than the one uh, which is currently available. Even though trials are still underway, 
This extract may be the future of cancer treatment. If you would like to learn more about this, check out the following video. And uh, I'll refer you to this to TED Talk. Uh, Nature is the best chemist. Uh, I'm not really sure how long this is. Uh, it's pretty minutes. But just so you know, uh, dandelions are a cure for cancer. And you can go to Best Healthy Guide is where you can get that. Best Healthy Guide. Dot com, I guess, but it just says best healthy guide. And we're going to move on here. <clears throat> oh, now this is really good news. Someone just paid $2.5 million, I meant to say this earlier, $2.5 million to release everyone arrested at the Dakota Access Pipeline, all the, all of the, uh, all of the uh, protesters that, mm-hmm. that, that they arrested, which were hundreds of them. Okay, and... Uh, the project, which would uh, transport crude oil, this, I'm trying to think of where to see what site this is from, but it doesn't say. Um, the earthchild.co.za, the earthchild is where this comes from, um, the source. It says a project uh, which would transport crude oil from the Balkan oil field to the refinery near Chicago first sparked demonstrations in April when members of the Standing Rock Lakota and other Native American nations rode on horseback and established a sacred stone-rich spiritual camp. Um, thousands of activists have since uh, traveled to Cannonball, North Dakota, including members of the tribes from across the U.S., launching a huge and continuing protest that has become a rallying cry for indigenous rights, climate change activism, and environmental conservation. Leading of, leaders of the Standing Rock Sioux say the pipeline a project of the Texas-based corporation Energy Transfers Partners threatens the water supply and cultural heritage that would destroy sacred lands. And uh, while chanting, water is life, Saturday, the Oklahoma demonstrators hope to rally people from around the country to stand with those in North Dakota to stop construction of the pipeline. These pipelines hear of a lot of bursts and leaks, and it's contaminating the waters. What happens when all of our, our waters and resources are gone? The spokesman said. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, somebody came up to uh, and and gave them, you know, some uh, wealthy wealthy guy said, "Here you go, two and a half million to release everybody." So anyway. Okay. Well. We haven't talked about this for quite a while. Uh, you What's know, that? And, uh, but something came up here that I wanted to, to talk about, which is uh, chemtrailing. Mm-hmm. The United Nations exposes chemtrails 100% true proof we are now being poisoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it um, says, so if you were a skeptic before, I can assure you that you will not be after hearing what she, the video below, has to say to the people in power. This is, uh, I want, I'm thinking this might be... Uh, chemtrails, 100% proof we are being poisoned. By now, everyone has witnessed strikes, streaks of white trails across the sky, stretching from horizon to horizon, ultimately turning the sky into a murky haze. We can no longer ignore the fact that our skies are being heavily polluted with aluminum, barium, lead, arsenic, chromium, cadmium, silesium, and, and silver, all of which attribute to a most a host of health problems, including neurological effects, heart damage, uh, eyesight issues, reproduction failures, immune system damage, gastrointestinal disorders, damaged kidney, damaged liver, uh, hormonal problems, and more. The truth is the government is spraying deadly chemicals in hopes of population reduction. Furthermore, they have been known to use chemtrails as biological testing agents on the populace, all while claiming they are nothing more than mere vapor. We now 
have 100% undeniable evidence that chemtrails exist. The video below is of Rosalind Peterson, the president of the Agricultural Defense Coalition, and in it she addresses the nation on geoengineering and weather modification. And uh, we, we know uh, Rosalind. Uh, we've had her on our programs before, and uh, she's, uh, she's taken it to task. I, I'd like, uh, this is pretty long. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Jordan, Chairman of the conference. I'm going to just introduce uh, Khaled Zawood, uh, who will uh, introduce the, the speakers. So, Khaled, thank uh, you very much for moderating this session, and I turn it over to you, and I will return in about three minutes. So our next speaker is uh, Dr. Rosalind Peterson. Uh, she's the California president and co-founder of the Agriculture Defense Coalition formed in 2006 to protect agriculture crop production from uncontrolled experimental weather modification programs. A very interesting topic, you know, for a non-specialized person like myself. But also very interesting in her CV that we have with you is also extensive efforts to protect drinking water supplies from toxic chemical contamination in Martinez, California. That's a very interesting topic, of course, and I was actually wondering myself whether you can tackle whether the same experiments that you're holding in California could be extended to other world countries, particularly poor and developed countries like where we come from. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chairman. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here to speak with all of you today. One of the things that I would like to say is that we are in a global drumbeat right at the moment talking about climate change and global warming. One of the things that is affected by climate change is agriculture. But some of what we are seeing is man-made, but man-made in a different way than you may guess. Uh, weather modification programs, experimental ones done by private companies, done by the United States government, uh, done by states across the United States are underway. There's more than 50 of them in operation across the United States. All of these impact agriculture because they change the microclimates needed for agriculture to survive. None of these programs that I know of today, and this is all public record, are available at any time uh, with oversight, agricultural oversight or public oversight. These programs impact agriculture, and there are programs around the world, international corporations are modifying our weather all the time, and they're modifying it in ways that cover thousands and thousands of square miles. Most of it is chemically altered, so that what happens is that we are putting chemicals, ground-based chemicals that are shot into the air, or chemicals coming from airplanes that change and modify our weather. So one of the things that I'm concerned about and that we need to address in the future is how these programs are impacting microclimates needed for our crops to survive and needed for pollination. Um, if we change the growing season, the pollinators may not survive and also our crops, our flowers and our tree crops may not get the pollination needed. So one of my areas is looking at this situation to see if we can begin to put under control experimental and other types of weather modification programs. The other issue is that a lot of times we're talking about mitigation for climate change. It's rather an undefined term at this period of time. And so what happens is that many times we're talking about artificially putting chemicals like sulfur or particulates into the atmosphere in what they call geoengineering schemes to reduce um, and, and help the planet, supposedly, but help the planet to not go through such a tremendous global climate change and to mitigate global warming. However, the incidence of putting chemicals into our atmosphere is going to change and impact agricultural crop production. And if you take and you put up into our skies chemicals to reduce the amount of sunlight reaching the earth, you are going to begin to reduce crop production. Studies at the University of Illinois on corn crop production show reductions. Without the process of photosynthesis, whereby plants from direct sunlight gain the energy to grow 
to produce crops, we are going to find ourselves, if we mitigate in that direction, impacting the crop production not only here in the United States but worldwide. One of the things that is impacting crop production right now in the United States and reducing photosynthesis and also impacting the ability of um, solar power panels to generate the type of, uh, of power that they should is persistent jet contrails. NASA talks about persistent jet contrails as exacerbating global warming because they trap warmth in the atmosphere when they produce cirrus and man-made clouds. NASA also talks about that when we, that these aircraft leaving persistent contrails are changing our climate. And when they change our climate to the degree that one jet can leave a persistent jet contrail which will spread across our skies from what this picture up here on my left on the screen looks like, which is a trail left by a jet, that trail can expand to 4,000 kilometers and last for 20 hours. This was unheard of in the early 60s and the 70s, and it wasn't until the late 1980s that there was a change and we started to have persistent jet contrails that persist. NASA studies show that part of our global warming problem could be attributed to these types of contrails and the jets that leave them. So one of the issues as we go through is how do you like your skies, natural or man-made? And right now, we are making man-made clouds, and this is trapping warmth in our atmosphere. The climate change that is produced by these jets, not all jets, mostly some non-commercial, but what happens to our skies is that we start to see the changes. The man-made clouds do trap the warmth, and they increase the humidity. There you go. It becomes uh, you know, total self-defeating uh, thing. And the reason it's doing it, and they've shown, is, is it's a weapon, and they're re trying to reduce uh, world population. They're just not telling you, you know. And, they, and if you look up in the sky, what do you see? All you see is chemtrailing. You know, you know these these uh, crazy. Uh, fighter engines looking like fighter planes uh, doing crazy cartwheels in the sky, leaving these enormous chemtrails all over it. So you get a blue sky, and then the, an hour later, you get all you get is uh, clouds, uh, man-made clouds, and that stuff comes raining down on you. It's, it's uh, barium and chaff, and uh, uh, you know all kinds of horrible pollutants, aluminum and whatnot. And you wonder why. So many people are dying of neuro neurological diseases today. Uh, right. So anyway, um, this is what I, this is one I wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, anyway, you don't hear much about it, even even on the, you know, even on the, the news, uh, the, the the fake news. Um, but you don't hear much about what happened. But here in the um, Reuters uh, wrote, uh, said that uh, these were these were uh, three countries or three countries uh, the number of countries that actually stated anything about last night's uh, Trump speech uh, State of the Union. And I said uh, Great Britain said the opinion was divided in the UK, where Prime Minister Theresa May is eager to force forge closer ties with the U.S. as it prepares to depart from the European Union. A columnist for the left-leaning Guardian newspaper called the speech a heroic effort in contradiction and cliché. Um, the president first addressed the Congress was full of inconsistency when compared to his words and deeds in the White House, Richard Wolf wrote in a scathing piece on the paper's website, which is the Guardian, which is, you know, fake news. So anyway, newspaper in Mexico which has been at the receiving end of many of the new president's threats and promise policy changes, highlighted Trump's uh, statements on migration. La Reformer ran the president's pledges to uh, make migration uh, merit-based as the top story of its website. The president told Congress that he was open to immigration reform, a shift from his harsh rhetoric. 
And uh, so Mexico is pretty encouraged. But in a conversation with TV anchors early in the day, Trump signaled a willingness to make a potentially seismic shift in his immigration policy by saying the time is right for a bipartisan immigration bill that would include a path to legal status for undocumented immigrants who have not committed serious crimes. It was, a re- re- it was a remarkable suggestion for Trump. This is from the from the Mexican uh, the Mexican government, Mexican press. And Russia said Kremlin spokesman uh, comment on uh, Trump's remark that America would look for new friends. He says uh, we wanted for we waited for we we're waiting for statements to be followed by some action that would show that we actually can expect uh, uh, concerning the prospects of U.S.-Russian bilateral region relations. And then he says areas of mutual interest are a separate and quite broad topic for discussion. Uh, uh, Russia said. Um, Germany is the uh, in Germany it says the take uh, was that a key U.S. ally and mainstay of the NATO military alliance that the new president was criticized. Uh, as criticized, was muted. Um, during the speech Tuesday night, Trump pledged to strongly support NATO and adding that our allies will find that America is once again ready to lead. And, um, but it was more a wish list than clear political strategy which uh, Trump pre- presented in Congress. Uh, in German weekly magazine, Der Spiegel, uh, which has been scathing, scathing of Trump in recent months, Declared that he sounds more presidential, but he is not really leaving his—he's not really leaving his path. And uh, hmm. China stated, uh, English language media, which has displayed increasingly nationalistic sentiments in recent months, ran neutral news agency stories stressing the America First nature of Trump's address and the president's promises on immigration and fighting terror. Um, Israel said. Uh, Israeli media appears heartened by Trump's opening remarks in which he condemned anti-Semitic threats against Jewish community centers and vandals of Jewish cemeteries. Um, Adopting softer tone, Trump hails new national pride, condemns anti-Semitism, ran a headline in Israel's I-24 News. Hmm. And, uh, anyway, and the Israel Times. Uh, let's see, Italy. This is the last one. Italy, a uh, relatively more reserved tone left uh, some in the Italian media scratching their heads about the future direction of his presidency. Um, Vittorio Zaccone, uh, which of the, says, which of the two Trumps who spoke last night in Washington is the real Trump? Is he the man who seriously and without a wit suitably for TV, uh, relatively, relatively uh, reality TV, Spoke for the first half hour, or is the rather is the rally speaker who fell back into empty, aggressive, nationalistic rhetoric that brought him to the White House? A president with a split personality who was born Tuesday night. He continued, adding, "Only time will tell which president Trump will be." So the harshest criticisms were he's got a split personality, and everybody's got kind of on a wait and see kind of uh, thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It looks like he won, you know. Oh, this is something that um, this is something that I, I I wanted to clarify too, and then I wanted to go into this uh, other thing here about Google and CIA. But um, friends of manufacturing, you, you want to know why people are why he's reducing all of these regulations, and uh, and friends of manufacturing uh, dot com. Uh, Pretty much stated on their site. Um, if I could bring that up, um, we can come back to that. This one is a very, very serious um, to me, anyway. Um, This is just a petition, basically, to ban Google's blatant suppression of free speech. We the people, your voice in our government, and uh, 
you know, we the people, your boy, you know, we the people. Uh, petitions.whitehouse.gov. This is where petitions.whitehouse.gov. This is a petition to ban Google's blatant suppression of free speech. We the people, your voice, and our government. All right? And uh, it's very serious because this, this happened to me as well. And it's happened to many, many, many people who uh, who have uh, independent websites. And uh, Google, which controls 6.75% of the Internet searches in the United States, is attempting to silence any voice that doesn't coincide with their political views. This incidentally targets some of the biggest voices in alternative media, such as Natural News and Infowars. And this week, uh, this week Google wiped 140,000 NaturalNews.com articles from its database, prohibiting individuals from viewing the site's web pages is searched. And Google sent no prior warning. Natural News has stated that they follow all Google terms of service rules and that they do not condone or endorse any techniques that many manipulate natural news in the search engines. And this censorship of the independent media is a blatant attack on the First Amendment rights of users. Please sign and share this commitment. And again, I said you can get this at petitions.whitehouse.gov. And what's, what's fascinating about this is that, you know, uh, Google is CIA. Google and CIA invest in the future of web monitoring. That's pretty scary. Investment arms of the CIA and Google are both backing a company that monitors the web in real time. It says it uses its information to predict the future. Now, this is from Wired.com, and uh, they should come up with some good stuff. but the company is called Recorded Future, and it scours tens of thousands of websites, blogs, and Twitter accounts to find the relationships between people, organizations, actions, and incidents, both present and still to come. In a White House paper, or rather in a white paper, the company says its typical or temporal analytics engine goes beyond search by looking at the invisible links between the documents that talk about the same or related entities and events. The idea is to figure out for each incident who was involved, where it happened, and when it might go down. And recorded future uh, then plots that that chatter, showing online momentum for any given event. And... Uh, yeah, you're talking to Aunt Katie, and you say, I'm coming over to your house to, to, tomorrow. Uh, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. Boom, boom, boom. They know it, and they, you know, who knows? They, they know you're there. Uh, the cool thing is, you can actually predict the curve in these cases, uh, says uh, CEO uh, of the company, a former Swedish army ranger with a Ph.D. in computer science which naturally makes the 16-person Cambridge, Massachusetts firm attractive to Google Ventures, uh, the search giant investment division, and in QTEL, which handles similar duties for the CIA and the wider intelligence community. Because, you see, all these guys, all these, this is this is a long article, but it's worth checking into because it kind of gives you an idea of what all these contractors are using and the CIA contracts out, just like Edward Snowden, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you might want to check that out. It's Wired.com. Take a look at it. And, yeah, we'll get it about a few more minutes. And uh, let's see. Lila's, Lila's leaving. Uh, she has to. Get up early. She's, she's got uh, she's something has to come up there. But, uh very important. And um, let's see what I got here. Anyway, this is kind of interesting, I thought. Uh, Jesse Ventura ceases Trump's support. 
publicly blast hypocrisy over crackdown on, on his crackdown on pot. It's interesting. Um, and uh, I'll read a little bit of that. Because Jesse Ventura was a backer of Trump's. Uh, rather a reluctant one, but uh, he worried about him. But nevertheless, he... Now, he actually, funny, I, I saw an interview with him recently, and he actually told the interviewer that he uh, had, he wanted to endorse Bernie Sanders, and uh, he really liked him, and he went up to Vermont to to, to, to try to meet him, and uh, Bernie snubbed him altogether. He wanted to endorse him uh, in his campaign, and uh, he wouldn't talk to him. So Jesse Ventura said, you know, fuck you, basically, and... Uh, He's lucky he did because Bernie was Bernie was going to, uh, you know, throw the throw it out. Distracted by the. Wound up throwing the, uh, throwing the whole the whole election over to, uh, over to Hillary. So he probably didn't want. Uh, he probably was sure he didn't want Ventura on his back calling him a traitor. Um, and uh, I guess I I can see why he dodged it. But uh, now, he, now uh, Ventura says, uh, whose history is a world wrestling uh, professional wrestler and brash style, uh, has been loosely compared to Trump's slammed the, the president as a carbon copy leader of each preceding administration, particularly in regard to draconian cannabis legislation and the prison industrial complex. Um, and he, he put that in a post to Facebook. But I thought, I thought Donald Trump ran his campaign as a man of the people, he said, and someone who vowed to end the corporate takeover of our government, someone who vowed to bring jobs back, Ventura asserted. Even thinking about reversing state law and making legalized recreational marijuana legal, illegal, um, wait, even thinking about reversing state law and making legalized recreational marijuana illegal is going against the people's will. This is going against job creation and a reliable part of the state economy. The citizens of this state voted to make recreational marijuana legal. It wasn't the politicians, it was we, the people. Obviously, President Trump is following in the footsteps of every president that came before him. He thinks the government knows what is best for us. Since Inauguration Day, critics have blasted Trump for not only failing to drain the swamp as promised, but for actively padding top positions with the same big bank financiers and industry insiders the American people were told would be booted from Washington. While denouncing the foreign reality game uh, show uh, host turned president might not be news in itself, but the style similarities and the similarly far-flung political ambitions of Trump and Ventura, including uh, popular support as outsiders to the establishment, put the two unlikely politicians on a plane not shared by the Washington career set. Um, but the former wrestler, uh, whose rhetoric rise, meteoric rise to the Minnesota governor's mansion, following a four-year stint as mayor of Brooklyn Park, took the state by storm and, set and kept the best interest of his constituents at heart. While keeping hard-working citizens out of prison and able to work should seemingly be a priority for any person in power, Ventura blasted, lambasted uh, Trump's failure to dismantle the nefariously cordial relationship between for-profit prisons and the criminalizations of drugs for keeping cages full of non-violent offenders. Amount Almost pleading with followers to uh, heed warning signs the drug war-based system still functions as legal and financial quicksand for all unfortunate enough to be ensnared, Ventura exposed the true impetus for keeping substances like cannabis highly illegal and why Trump's failure to follow voters' opinions is evidence his administration will be more of the same industry-loyal policy as usual. He's been president for a little over a month, Ventura continued, and he's already forgotten that we the people are the, are the government, and he's planning on reinstating private prisons, 
Let's connect the dots. Private prisons need to be 80 to 90% full to be profitable. If they aren't, then states pay a fine, and no non-profit drug offenders make it possible for private prisons to be full. Rather than take cues from the legalization and decriminalization of cannabis in a quick Hamas cadre of states, White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer stumbled awkwardly through an ostensibly ostensible explanation on the moral differences between medical and recreational weed as the media grappled with an announced plan to crack down using medical official federal legality. It goes on and on, but the, the hypocrisy is there, you know, and um, I'm very, very disgusted by that myself and Trump. Um, and I think you better get on the wagon. Um, you know, get you know, they have to, you know, start talking to to, to uh, sessions, but uh, taking it easy. But anyway, we're almost done here, and I just about done, I guess. This one was very interesting, and I'm going to um, read this as the last one tonight because I applauded him. I applauded uh, Trump on this, but I, I'm wondering if this is just the first step in his um, in his uh, promise to uh, to uh, put to lock Hillary up and her husband and all the sex offenders and all the corrupt people in government says here, uh, this is from Donald Trump himself, actually, and it says, uh, Trump vows to fight epidemic of human trafficking. That's that's his, that was his, um, I, I applied, uh, apply, I, uh, 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 I get, I get his announcements from his, uh, from his Facebook page. He does one or two a day. But this one came up uh, a few days ago, and I actually wrote an article on it, but Trump's vows to fight epidemic of human trafficking. And I think it's I think it's critical to, to know this. Um, also, before I go into that article, uh, now it's official. FDA admits that vaccines cause autism. Um, that may be even more important than the one on Trump, but uh, the other one. Because Trump said the vaccines were, were, were cruel, were a terrible thing. FDA published a vaccine document that notes autism as one of the various um, um, reported severe negative effects and, uh, of autism. It includes that the mercury and whatnot and uh, they, shouldn't give them to children. Ah. You know, by the way, I wanted to tell you, the new labor secretary, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the old labor secretary, the, the, the new secretary, the head of the DNC, uh, Tom Perez, uh, was a big uh, Hillary booster, you know, and uh, it was his advice to Clinton to cast Sanders as a candidate of whites uh, to turn off minorities. Isn't that, isn't that your prick? Huh? Oh, what a prick. But, yeah, turned out Sanders couldn't hold up on you. Well, we're just about done. Okay, um, I want to thank everybody who joined me tonight, and uh, thank Lila for joining us. And I want to um, um, t- tell you that we'll be here next week as well, uh, as usual, and check out my website while it's still up um, at lastillshow.org. And I hope you have a real pleasant evening. And good night, everybody. <laughs>